0: I V M. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast powered by SEAT Tires. I'm your host for this week, Ashwin. We have Varun joining me from Singapore. DJ is out actually playing some cricket this week, so he's missing some of the IPL action and he won't be recording, but... Very exciting, because obviously, as you know, if you've been following us, we do two episodes a week during the IPL. There's been a lot of demand for daily episodes. Unfortunately, I don't think we can quite pull that off, but we do two episodes a week. So DJ and I recorded our midweek episode where we talked about the first few games of the week. Varun, how are you feeling? Sunday, it's our first doubleheader. Points table is starting to balance out. How are you feeling about the IPL so far? Yeah, it's
1: been good. I I love doubleheaders. Like, I really, really look forward to that. I don't know why they've stopped doing Saturday and Sunday, Probably it's good because a lot of us have other social plans and activities. So I'm glad they don't. But I really love the days in which doubleheaders are um, are there. IPL has been great so far, man. You've seen some, some games where there have been sixes all around. You've seen some games where teams can't chase 130, 140. It's been a good balance. Most importantly, I'm really happy to see some of the bowlers get into the action and some of the uncapped
0: players. So that's a lot of fun. Yeah, definitely feels like it's been a bowlers IPL so far, which I'm not complaining about, right? We all talk about and complain about kind of balance of between bat and ball. But four matches essentially happened since we last talked or since our previous midweek episode and we're going to cover them a little, but it's been an interesting. I was trying to summarize, right? Rajasthan got their first win, unfortunately against Delhi. Chennai got their first win. Mumbai just seems to find this continue to have this ability to find wins when they have no business to win the matches. And then Hyderabad has now for the first ever time in their history, got three consecutive losses. And the RCB has got three wins and is sitting pretty at the top of the table. Pretty safe to say none of us would have predicted this start at the end of week one and a half, right?
1: Yeah, because even though Sunrisers, Hyderabad plays a different brand of cricket, it's a lot of us call it boring, but we have to give them credit. They've made it to the playoffs a lot. They've won before. But I didn't expect them to lose three in a row. And similarly, RCB, yes, they're a new outfit completely Uh, They've got some good uncapped players. They've got that middle order sorted. We'll talk through that as we talk about this week's game. But yeah, I wouldn't have predicted this. On your Mumbai Indians point, I just want to say, I think the difference is they know how to win. They know what is required to take them to the finish line on every game. You're right. Mumbai Indians actually could have had three losses in a row, but they turned it around and had two wins. So good performance by
0: them. Yeah, really well said. So with that, let's jump right into the first game. We're going to talk off the week since we last recorded, right? Rajasthan versus Delhi. This is a little painful to talk about, but we have to. And I think at this point, 14th year of being Delhi fans, we're pretty much accustomed to seeing it a little. But Varun, you want to talk through that? Delhi ended up getting sent into bat first, putting up only 147 for eight. But what was most jarring was despite Rishabh Panth kind of batting well, it was just the polar opposite of the first match, right? The first match, the openers saw us home, essentially. The top order was so reliable, essentially. And in the second one, we just realized completely exposed without the top three firing, right? Yeah,
1: so let's walk through that match a little bit. You expect Shaw and Dhawan to come out. You know, in the Delhi Capitals, you expect one of them to fire. But Shaw got out on two, Dhawan on nine. And Rahane, man, like, getting feeling a little bit all out of sorts, uh, out for eight, off eight. The guy who did the damage was Jede not a millionaire from the IPL. He's come in, done a fantastic job, picked up the first three wickets. And you've got Delhi on the back foot. Pant walks in, playing very smoothly. I'm seeing a different Pant. I don't know if it's the captaincy. I don't know if it's the last three months. But you feel like he's hitting a lot of fours. And in his innings, he actually hit 51 with nine boundaries and zero sixes. At a strike rate of 160. Now, that's not very typical of the Rishabh know in T20 cricket. But good to see that. stoyness struggling. Struggling big time. Uh, zero again, I think, right? He he hasn't made any runs. Personally, you know, a lot of people are going to be disappointed. What I would say to Delhi Capitals fan is just hold on. Because we've always had issues about peaking too early. I'm personally okay. Stoinis needs a little bit of time to get back into the tournament. He hasn't played cricket for a long time. Let's give him that benefit of doubt. He he won us a lot of games last year. So let's hope he peaks early. And then Ashwin, basically the Delhi Capitals never really got going, but it helps that you had a Lalit Yadav, a Tom Karen, and a Chris Wokes to follow. Between them, they almost hit close to 60 runs. And that kind of gave us the boost that we need to hit 147. Rishabh Pant was playing so beautifully unfortunately got run out Riyan Parag got him run out and then did his famous dance it was it was a great piece of fielding.
0: Yeah so let me quickly ask you about that right 6 7 8 and this game for Delhi were or let's say five five is toyness with who he won us a lot of games last year but then 6 7 8 Lalit Yadav Tom Curran Chris Wilkes. It's probably the weakest 6 7 8 of the tournament right to be totally honest i mean apart from sun you got more. yeah apart from
1: sunrisers i would say
0: Fair, good point, good point. But like Dhoni bats at seven, Russell bats at seven, Sundar bats at seven. These are, it just doesn't feel like Delhi ca- has the right caliber at 6'7'8", or am I… No, it,
1: the- it's absolutely right. And actually, that's been the biggest problem for Delhi. You, Your young guys are doing well up top. Shreyas Sire has been doing well in the middle order for a number of seasons. But you just don't have that explosive hitter. Now, we did have Chris Morris, and he didn't work out that season. So, I think Delhi has tried. They've got Hetmyer. They're not playing him. A little bit of balance issues… A lot of teams in the IPL take a few games to figure out what is their right balance. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit in the Sunrisers game as well. But uh, for now, I think, yeah, just an average batting performance by Delhi.
0: Let's talk about Chris Morris since you mentioned him, right? In the chase, you only needed 148. Didn't seem like it was out of reach necessarily. But still, David Miller, who I think we've made a lot of you know negative comments about on the show, looked good, made 62 off 43 balls. But then... I think even when he got out, the seventh wicket fell, Delhi still looked in it, right? Let's be honest. They needed 44 off 25 balls. Delhi still looked like they were pretty much in it. And then Chris Morris took the game away from us. So, Aaron, that's going to be the recipient of our first Seattle award of this week, the Seattle Puncture Resistant Award. Because imagine, like, you didn't get strike in the previous game to try to hit a boundary. And now you've you've come and shown the team, this is what I can do.
1: Yeah, and I would say the Seattle Puncture Resistant Award on two counts. The first is, he had to take a lot of flack for getting that price in the IPL auction which again as we know he didn't ask for and the second is getting rejected of that single which Sanju Samson also came out Chris Morris also came out maybe they wouldn't have taken it maybe they don't regret it but for Chris Morris to not be given strike when he's one of the most valuable players in that team I think it was phenomenal he started a little bit slowly it looked like he wasn't cleanly striking the ball but towards the end, I mean, he, he had a 6 off Robada, 36 of 18 balls. And what seemed to be a match where Delhi Capitals were in charge predominantly. I mean, they had them 42 for 5. And I almost was like, time to switch off the TV. Let's do something else. This is a game in the bag. David Mill and Chris Morris came out. So, full credit to them. It was frustrating. They won off with two balls to spare. And yeah, it was great, Rajasthan. Now remember, Rajasthan playing without Ben Stokes, which is a big thing for them. No Ben Stokes, no Jofra Archer. You would have written them off, but they came back and proved themselves.
0: So kudos to them. Final thing on this one, let me just ask you. There's a lot of conversation about team selection early on, right? You can argue Delhi has people like Ishan Omesh Nokia, Hetmeyer didn't get to game this game, all those things. You never want to see your team lose. But is there value in your team getting an early loss against a side that they should have beaten just because then it forces you to make tough I mean, arguably, if Delhi had won, then Rishabh Pant wouldn't have needed to change anything. Or, I don't know, how do you think about that? The thing with the IPL is that, apart from the Mumbai
1: Indians, I think every team can have their day. So, yes, when you're midway through the tournament, you could say, you know, team BC and D are stronger. So let's get a win against them and boost morale. But in the early stages, seriously... You know, you can't count out CSK, you can't count out Rajasthan, you can't count out Punjab. And these three are typically not the strongest from last year. So I think you have to take your wins. What we also see is that the teams that get to four or five wins quickly often make the playoffs because then the pressure on them is just to win another two. The teams that I'm struggling to make always hang out in the middle of the table or lower. And they do spoil the season for some other team, but they don't make it themselves. So personally, disappointed. And uh, they, they, Delhi should have closed that one.
0: Took me a second when you said teams B, C <laughs> and D to use using the letters B and C, not insulting me. But uh, let's go in a different direction, right? Delhi obviously came up short that game. We'll talk a little bit about it on the, in the Sunday's second match of the doubleheader. Uh, Delhi made some changes. But before that, we're going to cover the next game, which was Punjab versus Chennai. Chennai, again, at the Wankhe Day, following the pattern, won the toss, chose to bowl, put Punjab in. Punjab basically didn't make any runs of notice, and Chennai finished it off in 15 overs. But let's talk about this guy who's been kind of in and out of consideration for Team India, gets four overs on the trot with the new ball, gets Mayanka Agarwal, Chris Gale, Deepak Huda, who is the hero from the last game, and Nicholas Puran for both uncle and Nicholas Puran for ducks, all within the first seven overs of the match. And of course, I'm talking about Deepak Chaher. I mean, there's not much else to talk about in a game when a team gets 106 for eight and twenty overs when one guy picks up four of your top five batsmen in the first four for in the first seven. Yeah, weeks. and
1: and so in quick succession, our second award for the week is our CAt Secure Drive award, and that goes to Deepak Chaher because. control that he showed was just phenomenal. Now, remember, Deepak Chahir in the first game looked a little bit out of sorts. You could see Dhoni looking a little frustrated. His line and length were a little bit all over the place. But this is what Dhoni and CSK want him to do. They want him to come out. They want him to bowl minimum three overs on the trot. And they want him to just kind of swing the ball, get something to the new ball, get the top order out. and, And he did his job beautifully. So, I mean, if you read the top order of Punjab, it was 5-0, 10-10-0. 25 runs between the first five batsmen. That is ridiculous. So, very, very tough for Punjab. I think when you you do start like that, it's always difficult to come back. I think they've had the lowest score in this tournament so far. They got 106 for 8. The only other thing I want to mention is that Ravindra Jadeja in the field. Now, he bowled forwards for 19. Typical jadeja. He didn't pick up a wicket. But some of the catches he took and the run out of KL Rahul were just phenomenal. At the end of the, the match, Deepak Chahar actually came out and said, I want 11 jadejas on the field. I was a little confused by that because then obviously he's saying he doesn't want himself to play.
0: He's going to leave himself <laughs> Yeah, <out. laughs> so I don't know what Jadeja is going to do
1: then. But he wants 11 Ravindra Jarejas on the field. I think we all do.
0: Yeah, absolutely incredible, right? And I think the first, for me, the first few games of the IPL, including that first Bangalore game, where there was just so many drops. It's the cliche we've talked about on this show over the years, but catches win matches and all that. But if you if you can convert those split-second chances, and Hardik Pandya did that with in the field for Mumbai later in the week... It just changes the game. And Jadeja, I, I don't know, so many discussions over the years about 3D and 4D and all those things about cricketers. But Jadeja in the field is absolutely getting you one or two extra wickets almost on average per innings, right? So Chennai came out to chase. Unfortunately, Guy Quad looked shaky again. I just want to ask you, so FAF opened, anchored the innings, pretty straightforward, not a lot to talk about when you're chasing 107. I just want to ask about Moeen Ali batting at three, right? Looked good, clearly had license to hit came out made 46 of 31, got out the way he played the whole innings, which was just swinging hard, swinging the ball hard. Would have been a nice little 50 for him. But could that be the game-changer for CSK this season? If Moin Ali can play a Narayan-like role, which DJ, honestly, has been talking about for a while.
1: Yeah, I think it is. And
0: remember, Moeen Ali is a much
1: better batsman than Narayan. So I think it's a good move. There was a lot of chat about Moeen Ali opening as well. I think basically Dhoni came out and said that we're not utilizing Moeen Ali if we put him lower down the order. So, good move. It's tough to see Mr. IPL not bad at three. You're so used to it. But, hey, if, if, it it worked once. It may not work every time. But I think the key thing is Chennai always needs that guy to just go out there and smack it a little. Now, remember, even FAF only plays at about 100-120 strike rate usually. So, Moeen Ali coming in can shake things up and the other batsman can then play a little bit longer. So, good decision. CSK has moved Sam Karan up the order. They've moved Moen Ali up the order. Let's hope they find a little bit of stability. I think Rainer was a little bit out of sorts. He should have just won the game in this one, right? But they lost Raina and Raidu in a chase of 106. So not a fantastic performance at the end. Chennai were always going to win this,
0: I think. But it was it was a, it was was all-around good performance. Yeah, I think that's an example of where the bowlers, like you said, stepped up, right? I don't I don't think CSK still looks solid enough with the bat, but hey, when your strike bowler picks up four early wickets, then the bowlers did the job that day. So, well played by Deepak Chaher. As we're progressing through the week, like I said, the Rajasthan Royals got their first points on the board. CSK got their first points on the board. We moved into Saturday, where Hyderabad was looking to get their first points on the board against Mumbai. Always a tough battle. We're going to take a quick Seattle strategic timeout, and we'll be back after the break to cover the next two games of the week.
1: Hello, DJ Ashwin and Varun. This is Sumit Kumar from Richmond, Virginia, USA. I'm a big fan of the show, guys. My strategic masterstroke for the week would definitely be King Kohli bringing in Shahbaz Ahmed against Sunrisers for the two overs. Where he took uh, Johnny Besto, Fanish Pandey, and uh, Abdul Samad for just giving seven runs out of two overs uh, that was he was brought in. I think Sunrisers were
2: cruising along to victory. And uh, Shahbaz Ahmed just uh, takes the match away from them. So that would be my strategic masterstroke. I think it would go down as the moment of history if
1: uh, RCB goes on to win this tournament. RCB are 3-0 are and 0 and uh, Sunrisers are 0-3, both events that haven't happened before. So that
0: would be my strategic masterstroke. Keep rocking, guys. You guys are awesome. Welcome back to the Edges and Sledges Cricket Podcast brought to you by Seat Tires. IPL season is alive. It's kicking. As we're recording this, Delhi's playing Punjab, but it's feeling a little nervous because the openers have gotten off to a great start, but I'm not going to derail because we will talk about that match in our next episode. We're here to talk about Saturday's game: the Mumbai Indians versus the Sunrisers Hyderabad. Foreign feels like a tale of two cities with the pitches, where at the Wankede, team's chasing are winning them pretty easily. You know, know how much you need to get down, uh, Get know how many runs you need to make. Pretty straightforward. At Chennai, Rohit obviously realized the twitches are really hard to read, and so he won the toss and opted to bat first. Seems like the smart call, but still the Mumbai team only made 150, right? So so talk me through that, actually. They looked pretty good. De looked solid, Rohit looked solid. But they wouldn't have even gotten to a 150 if it not for some kind of finishing fireworks from Kyron Pollard, right?
1: Yeah, and again, that, that was the issue, right? Your, your Rohit and Dekok really, both of them were looking good, but both of them were going below 100, 120, 130 strike rate. Dekok for his 40, was it was of 39 balls. So they batted well, but they never got going. Now, the difference in this game, and that shows you how much Mumbai Indians depends on these two young players, Surya Kumar Yadav and Ishan Kishin. They Sorry, just Ishan, is Kishan. <laughs> they they both uh, got out very cheaply, right? So ten of six, and Ishan, Ishan Kishan, you could, was, I couldn't even
0: survive two overs. I, I
1: couldn't. Kishan uh, was subject to some wonderful bowling by Rashid. Man, like I was reading a very interesting stat uh, just earlier today that said in the previous IPL in UAE, I think Kishan was able to figure out his Rashid's. Leg spinner, but couldn't figure out the googly. But he bought disproportionate number of leg spinners. In this game, I think he bought almost ninety percent googlies to uh, Kishan. So kudos to Rashid Khan there. He didn't pick up the wicket. Mujib did actually. And um, and I, and after we talk about the the Mumbai is batting lineup, Ashwin, I think we should just talk about the Sunrisers team selection because they did have a lot of changes. So anyway, they got to one hundred and fifty. The thing is, right? What you know, when I was watching that game. I think they were 137 or 138 of the 19.4. And at that point, you're feeling that if Sunrisers can restrict them to 135, 138, this is game on. And the last two balls were two sixes. So from 138, you got to 150. Momentum swings Mumbai's way. Uh, 150 at the chepok I think Mumbai were always in with a chance.
0: Yeah, re- really well said. And I think important points on... Rashid Khan. I know, I want to recall that I think you said Mujib was only selected for the Sunrisers to give Rashid some company in the in the hotel under the <laughs> quarantine, but he picked up two wickets. So not the, not the worst day outing, right? Yeah, absolutely. Anyway, um, let's talk about the Hyderabad team selection then, right? There's been a lot of debate, including a tweet by Sanjay Manjrakar, where basically he said, they brought in Virat Singh at number four. You have Vijay Shankar playing at five, who's experienced, but obviously doesn't have the, the most stellar record in the shorter format. Then you have Abhishek Sharma at six, Abdul Samad at seven. Can you afford to play this much inexperience, if you will? Let's pick on Virat, Abhishek, and Abdul. Can you play all three of them in one side? They could all be explosive on their day. They could all have great days, but they could also just all fall short as they did today. But talk to me about that, Varn. In a side where you have Holder and Williamson on the bench, I know you can't swap domestic for overseas, but you have Kedar Jadhav, who to your point, you actually thought, despite your dislike of him, well, it's a smart buy because he's been there before. He's played these high-pressure situations. He's done it for India. So, so what do you think about playing this much inexperience?
1: I think I think it's it's a very tough call, right? Because Sunrisers Hyderabad, what they've done is they've already played Nabi in the opening game. Then they realized we've got to play Holder. Now, last IPL they again, they, they never start with Nabi or Holder. Both are valuable players. You've now swapped them out for one another. Essentially, I 100% agree that Besto and Warner need to play. But you've tried a Besto at four. It wasn't that bad, but you've not won a game. Now you've gone back to Warner and Besto at the top. The risk with that is there is no middle order. So I actually prefer Besto at four. Saha, the day he clicks, he can he can play well. But Bairstow at four gives you a little bit of comfort that he, even after five, six overs, if you're two down, you still have a great player. Now, when you come down to it, Manish Pandey is at three. I know, look, Ashwin. I know you love the guy, but I, I'm sorry. He's just not that reliable. I've never liked him, and he's not doing himself any favors by by, by these kind of performances. You know, the the joke is that when Manish Pandey hits a fifty and stays not out, Hyderabad is going to lose. So the minute Manish Pandey got out on two, this time suddenly messages were flying around saying, "Hey, Hyderabad's going to win this because Manish Pandey got out." So not a great reputation to have, but. That middle order, like you said, Virat Singh, Vijay Shankar, Abhishek Sharma and Abdul Samad. Too inexperienced. Uh, they've got like zero international India games between them. Maybe Vijay Shankar has a couple. But what are you doing? Like, how how can you play this? I actually think a Nabi or a holder are better in the middle order, even as a batsman, than these guys. So, Sunrisers have just missed the port. The they've missed the trick somewhere. Mujib bowled well, but do you really need another spinner? when you've got the likes of Rashid playing. So, you're missing a trick. Kedar Jadav should play. And this is a call from me to the Sunrise Hyderabad. Make him play. He He's not as bad as I have said in the past.
0: There you have it. I might have to cut that clip out and, and remind you that at some point you said Kedar Jadav should play. But I agree. I think my, my approach might be a little different where I do like Warner and Berstow at the top. But I still think, as I've said many times, you cannot leave out Kane Williamson. So, you have to, for me, you have to drop but, but the But he's… But he's injured,
1: right? He's Is got an he? elbow. Yeah, he's got an elbow injury. So I think the sunrise, I think, I think over the last four years, Hyderabad have realized they need Kane Williamson. So you will drop a mujeed, you will figure out how to get Williamson in, but it's just unfortunately that he's injured.
0: Yeah, got it. I didn't realize that. I would play him at four when he's ready, but that's totally fair. So Hyderabad came up short. I do want to quickly mention again what we said about Judeja happened to be true this this time around for Hardik Pandya as well where he picked up two fantastic runouts, you know, arguably game-changing because 150 is enough in this stadium. But Hyderabad got pretty close, right? They felt they came, they got to within 13 runs. And so the runouts of and, both, worn, yeah.
1: And I was going to say, they got to within 13 runs. So what
0: was the difference between the two sides? It was those, absolutely, just those two sixes from Pollard in the last two balls. And it's amazing how, you know, you use all the cliches, cricket is a momentum game. But Mumbai would have gone into the, the dugout in the, at the end of the innings, feeling momentum, feeling energy. 150 is a psychological barrier too. It's slightly better than 149 because you've now got to another milestone. So Mumbai Indians continue to just have this incredible knack of finding ways to win even when you don't think they should. That wraps up Saturday's game. And we go into the first match of Sunday. 5 a.m. for me, but a little better time zone for you, but 5 in the morning, I was up, I was watching it, so I might be asleep by the time this episode, uh, it, you know, by the time we're done this episode. But RCB going for their third win on the trot. KKR, you know, trying to actually stamp some sort of con- consistency on this tournament. They've been very hit or miss. They've blown a little bit hot or cold. Walk me through this innings, right? Six for one, Virat Kohli getting out in the second over. Four balls later, Rajat Patidar getting out. So let's start with the interesting choice that RCB made to bring Rajat Patidar back in at the expense of Dan Christian. They only played three overseas players, but they wanted to give this young guy a chance.
1: I I can't remember the last time a team played only three. I'm sure it's happened before. Definitely. I think Gambhir has picked three for KKR in the past. But I was surprised to see that. Now, the, the logic is that Rajat Patidar obviously plays spin better than Dan Christian. So... Interesting choice. But again, a lot of changing, right? You had Shabazz playing at three the last game. Now you've got Pathidar at three. So, a bit odd for me.
0: Yeah, but so so. let me specifically ask you about this decision. I don't know if you were watching it. But in the second over of the match, Chakravarti picks up to both wickets, right? It's a, this is the most logical move in the world to bring him back for the fourth over, right? Just give him another. He's just picked up two. He looked great. One was spinning in, one was spinning out. And they didn't give it to him. So I step back when I say, I think I've said many times, Owen Morgan to me is one of the finest limited over captains you know, I've seen in our generation at least. And there were three or four missteps for me today that were just very shocking, right? Chakravarti being the big one. So you think it's one of those where they had a specific game plan to save one bowler for, let's say, an AB to come in later? Or was it just that, hey, when I've picked up two RCB wickets early, I'm going to give my other guys a chance to try to pick up some more?
1: No, I I think it was a complete miss. I I can't believe it myself. Even the commentators, when they were talking, they were just like, what is happening? How can you not give give this guy another over? So they really missed a trick there. I don't know what they were waiting for. In fact, at the end of the innings, you don't want uh, your Pacers bowling to... A.B. De Villiers, but nobody bowling to A.B. De Villiers is good from that perspective. They, they just missed a trick. And a lot, like, sad for me, I thought this is Kohli's return game. I trumped him in my fantasy team. And then he got out, like, in the second over. I was extremely
0: disappointed. So I trumped a guy who did pretty well, actually. I captained uh, A.B. De Villiers. But... Let's talk about Glenn Maxwell really quickly first. Like what happened to him? Like, wh- who is this guy? This is not the same player we've seen for the last three years. Like, what, 78 off 49, batting at four, started his innings slowly because the team had just lost two wickets, consolidated, accelerated later. Like, who is this fellow?
1: Yeah, it's It's very interesting. Glenn Maxwell had not hit a 50 for four or five years in the IPL. He didn't hit a six the whole last IPL. I don't know. Sometimes it talks about team dynamics. Sometimes... It, maybe he got a wonderful welcome from Virat Kohli and A.B. De Villiers. They must have sat down, shared their vision with him, said, you know, you back between us, you go for it, you've come in for a reason. Whatever it is, I, I have a feeling that they've really welcomed him and he's he's taken he's responded very well to it so he's taken on responsibility in situations where virat is getting out early you've got maxwell to come there's no worry about you know ab and virat getting out too early because this guy's in between yeah he's he's a hit or miss player he's going to have three bad games in a row i have no doubt about that but what a start for rcb and what a start for maxwell
0: and so then this this move for ab at 5 again i captained him and i was starting to get nervous saying the it's never. It's always a risk. To, so here's your fantasy tip for the week from Edison's Legends. It's risky to captain somebody who bats at five because there's a chance they don't even get to bat or they get to bat a couple of overs. But AB at five seems to have found his form. Right, seventy six off thirty four, not out. Just Ray Russ picked up five wickets by bowling two overs in the death in the last match, and this time he got he got hammered. Two overs for thirty eight, no wickets. So anything to say about AB De Villiers? No, there's no words left. Always. We're just
1: so we're just so lucky that he's. Still playing that—that's it. We are fortunate to to watch him back. Let's hope that he just continues the IPL for a few years. Honestly, you don't see players like this very often. We, all of us watching, have to consider ourselves very, very fortunate. Russell bowled such good overs in the death of the last couple of games, and everyone who was watching it said the real test is going to be can you bowl to AB de Villiers. And we found out the answer today. So Russell needs to do a lot of work. But to go for 19 runs per over after giving away almost nothing in the last two games, it's not talking about Russell. It's actually talking about the brilliance of De Villiers.
0: Yeah, and cricket is a harsh game. And that's the other decision that I was, you know, feeling was a little bit just unoriginal from Owen Morgan. He just saved Russell, didn't give him an over earlier. When Maxwell was batting well, said, I'm going to bowl him 18 and 20. When he got hit for runs in the 18th, he got the 20th. It just, it felt very unoriginal from Owen Morgan. So hopefully this was just a bad day. KKR came up to chase. They had 204 to get, again, at Chennai. Obviously, let's, let's disclaimer, this is the best pitch I think I've seen so far at Chennai. But still... Very, very tall ask, right? Not easy to do. At one point, I think they needed 82 from 27, which a few years ago, I would have shut the TV. But when Dre Russ is batting, you still have that little bit of belief, obviously couldn't do it today. A couple of highlights from the the KKR innings. You know, all of the openers, all the top order got off to a little bit of a start. This was the first time Morgan looked like he was getting off to a start. But again, 20s, 18, 21, 25, 21. Nobody went, when you're chasing 200, one player needs to stand up tall right? You need one player at least to make a 50, let the others bat around. And it just didn't happen today. So, Varun, do you, do you see any changes? I mean, Rana, Gil, and Tripathi is a new top three for KKR, right? Tripathi's opened in the past, Rana's played lower down. Do you see them changing and chopping that a, a little bit, or or you think they're pretty happy with where they're?
1: I personally, I would I would consider backing batting shakib at three. I think mm. the more time you give him, the better it is. Unfortunately, Tripathi's going to have to get pushed down the order, and that's not fair to him, but Something's got to change, right? So I have a feeling Shakib needs to play a little bit more of an anchor role up top. Uh, he's a fantastic batsman, and then allow Morgan, Karthik and Russell to to play the way they want. Shakib is he's the 120 kind of a player, right? So get him up there slightly earlier. At the end, if you need him to start going at 200, it's, I, I feel I believe it's very hard for him.
0: Interesting. I'm almost of the opinion that I don't know if Shakib, unless his bowling can continue to pick up, I don't know how he fully fits into this side. So there's a chance I see that we see them. Chopping and chinning a little with that. But I like the three the three Indian guys, uh, the batters, Gil, Rana, Tripathi. I agree with you. I think they may float around with the orders a little. Right. That brings us to a wrap for the four matches for this week. It's been a pretty exciting week. A couple of kind of the same storyline where a team chasing just fell short, like in Hyderabad. A couple of pretty exciting RCB putting up 200 plus on the board. Overall, you know, pretty good week for cricket. IPL's alive and kicking, doing great. And I do want to ask you, you talked about captaining Kohli. I think that may have been setting up for what I'm going to do now, which is a quick Fantasy League update. How is your team doing before I uh, before I get into the details of it?
1: Not good, not good, not not a good start to the IPL fantasy for me. But it's early days, man. You also know that you can't uh, count
0: your chickens before they hatch. It is a very long season. We've all learned that the hard way. But if you're not playing with us yet, join the Edges and Sledges fan league on the official IPLT 20com fantasy pe- platform. You can find the the league code on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. All our social handles. We'll post it again in the in the show notes of this episode. We have 219 teams playing, which is pretty good. So I think my goal is to just end in like the top third or so. I don't think I can be top five or top ten. Top third, which is the top 60-something teams. But yeah, it's top 72 teams. That's what I'm going for. As it stands, our top three teams, pretty consistent from last week actually, but they've used a lot of their subs and all their boosters. So reminder of that. But in first place is Liju Soman with 5,900 points. Second place is Whistleporu Umari with 4,700. So the top team has a 1,200 point lead over the second. I think that'll go away. And in the third place, as always, just to make my life hard, is a tough, tough team named Shasha1528EF. I don't know where people come up with these team names, but a couple of good fighters in the top five. Lots of uh, great competition going on. So keep that going. Keep the banter on social media going. My team is ranked in number 66. DJ is ranked 69. So I think it helps that I had my young today and he's doing pretty well. And then I'm just trying to go through. Hold on. I got to keep scrolling. The creep scrolling, Warren. Do you know where you are in the Everton's largest league by any chance? I have no idea. I had a terrible game. 128. So you're pretty far down there. At least you're you're close to the top half. So one more good game today, and you can get into the top half of this league. But some of the guys, I'm sure, aren't even playing anymore because there's a couple of people who don't look like they've made changes. But that is our fantasy league. Again, join us and play with us there. Again, a reminder: we're running a great contest called the, the Bat with SEAT contest. So for the month of April, if you answer this question with the hashtag Bat with Seat on Twitter, you have the opportunity to win a, an actual cricket bat from our partners at SEAT. And we gave out one for March, it was outstanding. So the question for this month is, which uncapped player has taken the most wickets in the IPL? Again, which uncapped player has taken the most wickets in the IPL? Answer that question, hashtag Bat with Seat. we'll run the draw at the end of April. And that pretty much brings us to a wrap. Varun, before we go, next one week of IPL, what are you expecting in terms of surprises? Is Mumbai going to fall off their uh, winning streak? Is RCB going to continue winning? Are we going to see five or six wins in a row from RCB? What's going to happen in the next week?
1: Yeah, I I think we're going to be surprised by RCB. I think they're going to have a couple of more wins sitting pretty at the top of the table. I think everyone else is going to be struggling a little bit in the middle. I would predict that Punjab will make a little bit of a comeback.
0: But otherwise, yeah, it's open, man. Looking forward to it. Reminder, we have another midweek episode that'll come up this Wednesday. I'm excited to be with you twice a week. Enjoy the IPL season. We will be back midweek. This has been Edges and Sledges brought to you by CM Times.
2: Hello, 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 everybody. It's been another great week on the IBM Podcast Network. On What the Hell Navya, Jaya Bachchan, Nanda and Navya herself dish out stories from their childhood. They discuss tough love between parents and their kids. On Pesavesa, Vesa, Anupam talks to Bhaman Irani, President-elect Kredai, and Chairman and MD at Rustamji. They discuss the concept of buy versus rent and how to approach buying property in 2022. On Cock and Bull, Cyrus is joined by Meghnath and comedian Shad Shafi. They discuss their opinions on the ongoing Congress presidential elections and Prashant Kishore embarking on a Padyatra. On The Life Manifesto, Zarina narrates a story that advocates that stress and emotions are not to be controlled but must be beautifully managed. And on the Filter Coffee Podcast, Karthik is joined by Yasharaj Akashi, Senior Ambassador of the TEDx program and curator of TEDx Gateway. They discuss the origin story of TED and his franchise model. Guys, go to our website, ivmpodcast.com. You can check out the merch store. Also, links to all of our social media stuff, which is at IVM Podcast. Also, do check out our YouTube channels. We have a number of channels with many of your favorite shows available as full video podcasts. Finally, we'd like to thank our sponsors this week, Volvo XC40 Recharge, Bumble, Heads Up for Tails, and HDFC Mutual Fund. Thank you so much for making this possible.
1: Do you often find yourself surrounded by conversations about Web3, Blockchain, NFTs, DAOs? What are these terms, and how do they affect our future on the internet? So many questions, but don't worry, we've got answers to all your questions. Hi, I'm Eklavya Bhattacharya and on our show, Future Proofing, we try to decode the impact of these future technologies on various industries with experts and tech enthusiasts. Tune into new episodes coming out every Thursday on the IBM podcast app and the website or wherever you get your podcasts from.
2: Working Monday to Friday glued to your chair making you feel dull? Worry not. Get your 5-minute weekly dose of travel around the world with postcards from nowhere. Join me every Thursday as I explore the strange, obscure, and fascinating parts of the world and bring out facets of travel you may not have thought of before. You can find us on the IBM Podcast app, website, or wherever you get your podcast from.